Thank you for joining us for this episode of Journey Now, produced by Journey Church in Brentwood, Tennessee. For more information on Journey Church and our gatherings, visit journeytn.com. Welcome to the Journey Now podcast. This is Kevin Dixon with Theology Thursday, and I'm one of the pastors here at Journey. And joining me today are Susie Lind and Mike Erie. And we are continuing to unpack the idea of a triune God, a sovereign God, um, and a God who uh, is in three distinct persons. And today we're going to talk about Jesus and and how important. What's that? We like him. Yeah, we like him, and this, and how he is the focal point of our faith. And so, I'm just going to unpack quick what is our uh, belief about Jesus and the fundamental things that um, most in this strain of Christianity that we follow would agree to. But it is it is important that we clarify our position on Jesus. So here it is. We believe that Jesus Christ is God incarnate, meaning he is, he is God who took on flesh. We also believe he is fully God and fully man, that he is, he is one person with two natures. His name is Jesus, and he came as the promised Messiah that we saw in uh, the Old Testament and was prophesied about. He was conceived through the Holy Spirit and was born to a virgin whose name was Mary. Um, He lived a sinless life. We believe he lived without sin and he um, was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He arose three days later. And so we have life. We, we have what we need in Jesus and he ascended to heaven and he is there with the father. He is now our high priest and our advocate And all of that to say that Jesus is the center of Christianity, the focal point of Christianity, and his deity is central to what we believe to be true about how the Bible um, communicates who Jesus is. Um, And so part of what we don't believe and part of what we, we, we make sure is really clear is that we believe that Jesus is eternal. He didn't come into existence when he was born. That isn't how it works. We believe that Jesus has always been and always will be. So he possesses uh, the attributes of God, just like God, the father and God, the Holy spirit. Um, He has been with God from the beginning. And we also want to say that on the cross, God did not die. Um, Jesus died on the cross, rose again three days later. And this is one of the great mysteries of scripture. One of the great um, conversations we have around the person of Christ, but God, the father, God, the Holy spirit and God, the son um, are part of this triune God that we, we worship as Christians. And so with that, the importance of this, uh, Jesus and I and I want to let Susie and Mike speak to this idea and the uh, broader implications of Jesus being God in the flesh. What does that do for us to help us to be able to understand God in a fuller way? So if we want to wrestle with that a little bit, we've I've established what we believe to about Jesus, but how does that then 
help us in our relationship with God? I asked that in a couple different ways. Susie, you want to go first? Mm-hmm. Mike wants to go first. Mike wants to go first. He leaned in. And Susie said, no, she didn't want to go first. Mike was not <laughs> jumping in here. Um, well, the, the thing that, that the New Testament writers wrestle with is how, how they have to adjust their understanding of monotheism, that there is one God, and ascribe deity to Jesus. And so there, there are all sorts of different ways in the New Testament they begin to wrestle with this. Uh, the humanity for them was never in question. They saw him eat and sleep and be angry, but they saw him display such unique power that was different from other miracle workers of his day. And he taught with an authority that was different. And, um, and so ultimately what you get in the New Testament is the picture that God is invisible, but Jesus is the visible form of that invisible God. And according to Hebrews he is the exact representation of God's being. And so um, the, the interesting thing about the Trinitarian thought is that you have the Father and the Son and the Spirit all interacting at the same time. So this isn't, as we said several episodes ago, one God in three different modes with three different faces. This is Jesus is the face that now makes God approachable, right? God was right. Uh, a consuming fire pillar of, of cloud and flame. God, um, you, could not, you could not see God or you would die. And here in Jesus, we see God's ultimate and final revelation of himself, implying that all other revelations are true of God, but they're not the fullness of God. Right. So, yeah. G, so, so we see God's personality, if you will, in Jesus in ways we don't see anywhere else. And I'm much more relatable and and much more of a, um, a understanding of how he intercedes for us on our behalf. There is a a picture of him being our intercessor, which is powerful and and relatable because he understands. He was tempted in every way like we are, and yet didn't sin. So there's a um, an understanding of us that is that makes him much more and uh, understandable to us. So, yeah. Susie, thoughts? Can you ask the question one more time, please? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Um, As we understand God and Jesus being the um, embodiment of God as a human, Mm -hmm. uh, fully God, fully man, Mm -hmm. how does that help us in this relational aspect of uh, human to God? Yeah. I, I really love how Mike, you, you've done this several times, not just on this podcast on, on Thursdays, but on Mondays too, where you've drawn back our attention to Jesus being the exact imprint of God and the fullness of God made flesh in Jesus. Because when I read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I read, you know, the red letters and and just how Jesus interacted with people. I love that you just said that his God's personality is found and experienced in Jesus in those interactions. So, so we see how he talked with the woman at the well, how he talked to the rich young ruler, how he, um, how he was in relationship with Martha and Mary and Lazarus. 
and we see how God relates to people through the person of Christ. And so I see not only Kevin, what you said about um, him being tempted in every way at the beginning of Luke. And then I think in Hebrews, um, it, the writer of Hebrews pointing out that we don't have a savior that's unsympathetic to our weaknesses because of that. So he's very sympathetic to our weaknesses, even though he lived a sinless life, he understands what it's like in our limited humanity to be tempted and tried. And then, you know, we see him weeping when he knows the outcome of, of a situation, when he knows like the, all things work together for the good of those who love him, he still is weeping in the moment of the grief and the loss and the distress. And and we see him having patience, loving, compassionate patience with someone who doesn't quite believe him yet. Mm-hmm. And we see him um, bringing mm-hmm. honor to a woman who has um, experienced shame after shame after shame, being left by her husbands over and over again and, and forced to go um, about her business alone because people don't want to associate with her. He he turns her shame into honor and and makes her the reason why a whole community of people come to believe. So, so, so I, I feel like the relationship aspect of Jesus is limitless when we read those stories and really like like not just put ourselves in those stories, but see how he loved, see how he made space, see how open he was and see how unafraid he was to meet people exactly where they were. Um, Knowing that the father's love that was embodied in him was big enough and great enough for whatever process they were in. So I like, you know, like we teach because we like to learn. Right. And so Like, as I say all of that, I'm like, dang, like, I don't always believe everything I just said. (laughs) Yeah, because it's so multifaceted, so layered, so rich. I believe I don't wake up every morning and order my day and walk about my business and relate to people with all that, all of that truth that I just spoke in mind because Mm -hmm. of my limited humanity and my limited capacity to love that's opposite mm-hmm. of Jesus. But like, you know, it's just, it's amazing to me that God not only chooses to be in relationship with us, but that he sent his son to show us, show us how, and in mm-hmm. all the different ways that he chooses to be in relationship with us. I love him so much. <laughs> Mike, you look like you were going to say something. I, I was just reflecting on what Susie was saying and thinking about how that was always his intention, right? Adam and Eve's vocation was to reveal God to the rest of creation, right? Abram's um, offspring were to reveal God to those. So God was has always been moving to reveal himself through human beings. And, um, and to see that... You see his relationality, not just in Jesus, but in the whole biblical story. Um, and so, so of course, Jesus becomes the, the and that's why in, in the ministry of Jesus, all the parallels between Jesus and Israel are important. Because God's intention for Israel was to be a son of God, to reveal God to the nations. 
Um, and where Israel struggled and failed, Jesus succeeds. And, um, and so you get a picture, not just of, of Jesus, but what, but why it is that God would come this way, right? Because his very, the very first pages of the Bible burst forth with, no, I'm God, God's going to reveal God's self through humans, um, uh, to other humans. And I just think that is so compelling to me in the ways that Susie, I mean, Susie, I just love how you articulated the beauty of Jesus. I mean, that's, that's incredible, but you see glimpses of that even prior, right? Um, that because God is relational, God operates with us in relationship. And because God is a person, he relates to us as persons. And so there's this, this beautiful bow over all of the covenants and over all of the ways God interacts with us. That's, that's encapsulated, fulfilled in Jesus. Yeah, this is this this truth or this central doctrine of of Christianity is what makes Christianity so unique. And we also believe some really miraculous things. We we believe God loved us enough to send Jesus, that Jesus is God in the flesh, that Jesus was crucified and rose from the dead and is and is alive today in his resurrected state. And we believe that there is a triune God. I mean, when we unpack this stuff and we start talking about it and we talk about its complexity, what happens is a lot of times when people outside the faith come after Christianity, they go after Jesus and they want to diminish his deity. They want to diminish the idea that God could take on flesh because they don't, they don't see human beings as, as God sees human beings. And so there's this, um, intentional, if you can discredit Jesus, you can discredit Christianity. If you can do away with his deity, if you can do away with his resurrection, if you can do away with those things, that's why it's so central to who we are. If was you it can do Lewis who said Jesus was either a liar, lunatic or Lord. Yes. Yeah. And, um, but you can't call him a great teacher. That's, that was the impetus behind that was you just can't call him a great teacher. He was either a liar, a lunatic, or he was God. So there's a, um, a weightiness to this particular doctrine that we, um, we cling to, we hold to, and, and, it, and it's powerful. It changes lives. Jesus, Jesus, when you meet the Jesus of the Bible, when you meet the Jesus who uh, we are talking about um, as he comes to life off of the pages of scripture, you begin to realize that God has intervened in human history mm -hmm. has intervened, not in the way of, of from a distance, but he has intervened up close and personal and present with us. Yeah. And that changes everything. I think the thing that is hard for a lot of people, and I would count myself as one of those people at times, that um, Jesus is awesome, and sometimes, but sometimes the people who claim to be his followers kind of um, not mess, so awesome. What? Mess, what? <laughs> mess, <laughs> mess up our view of him, and it be, the, and our experience with the people of Jesus. Um, become a barrier uh, towards intimacy with Jesus. And when they're actually meant to not be, they're meant to be the opposite of that. We're all meant to be, you know, 
part of that intimacy with Jesus. But I think for some of us, we've had some experiences um, that have been otherwise. And one of my, um, what a great, one of my favorite books I've ever read is um, a book called, I think it's The Organic God by Margaret Feinberg. And um, she talks about uh, when she's in conversation with people who believe or don't believe or struggling with their relationship with Jesus or, you know, missing out on that intimacy. She just asks a simple question of like, what do you love about Jesus? And, and you remove all the obstacles of whatever they may be of what you think about him, how you've experienced him with other people. And you ask that question, what do you love about Jesus? And it, if you sit with that question for a, for a while and start to unpack that, there's a lot of beauty to be found in that. It's mm. a good word. And that's a, a good place to kind of wrap this up. Um, we, we at Journey Church are just that there, there's such a deep love that we have for the person of Jesus Christ. And it is, um, for us to be able to want to share that with the people around us. And sometimes we do it well, and sometimes we don't. Um, but that's where grace comes in, and that's where forgiveness comes in, and that's where we get to keep trying. Um, but we're not, we are, we are people that um, love Jesus and, and want to move forward in that walk with him because of who he is. And so together, um, we are a better picture of Jesus than we are alone. And that, that we'll get into when we talk about the church. And uh, so in a couple episodes from now. So tune in next week. We'll be talking about the Holy Spirit, which should also bring some interesting dialogue around the theology of, of the Holy Spirit. So thanks, you guys. Have a great day. Uh, keep tuning in to Journey Now and, uh, and give us some reviews on some of those platforms. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Journey Now. If you enjoy the podcast, hey, do us a favor and why don't you leave us a review or share an episode with your friends or whatever it is you can do to help us get Journey Now out to more people in the world. You can also subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Anchor, Overcast, Spotify, you name it. Today's episode of Journey Now was engineered by Justin Glotzbach. Kaylee Sullivan created our amazing graphics. Kristen Fields helps get the word out through social media and every other means about Journey Now. Austin Fields, possible relation to Kristen, composed and performed our groovy music. And Randy Hansen takes care of all the technical things that no one else can possibly figure out. Thanks again for joining us today and be sure and come back tomorrow for another episode of Journey Now.